Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be together and uh, great to be on Andrea Kay's show earlier tonight. She is super. She's always so nice to me, and I'm glad so many of her listeners will stay through after her show to be with me. So great to be with you, Ed Martin, here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Get signed up. You get the daily wink, the daily wink, what you need to know. You'll have that, a couple of articles, a couple key points, usually one of the segments from the show, everything you need to know, start your day right. comes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 5 a.m. Pacific time, so you'll have it way before usually people get up and are looking at their email. Hopefully they're not, which reminds me. Let me say something. I was going to say this till the end of this segment, but I have had this experience and I, I think it should catch on. I call it unplug America, unplug America. I mostly say unplug to myself. I don't need to say it to America, but I think it's pretty good. And that is the news is just terrible. Both all sides. It's just, I was watching the Rushmore speech on Friday night with my wife and it was on late. I, mean, I don't know if you stayed up and watched it. It's on, I'm on the East Coast. So it was on at, uh, it was on at, um, oh my gosh, it was on, uh, must have been almost 1030 uh, my time in the evening. So it was very late. I'm watching it. And before I put it on, because I thought it was on earlier, I watched like an hour and a half of, uh, the, of the streaming coverage of the so-called protests, you know, the Native American protests. There was about 15 people. The, the extent of their protest was parking two vans which had to be towed out of the way. That was it. it well, I mean, it wasn't like it was a thousand people. It wasn't like there was a coordinated effort. It was like a, maybe two dozen people. And I watched that because I was thinking, when is this going to start? Well, I'm wa- then I'm watching the speech. Trump's giving a speech, a beautiful setting, the lights on the Mount Rushmore, and a ticker comes across the bottom, you know, a banner. And it says, Trump confronted by protesters at uh, Mount Rushmore. And I- he wasn't confronted. I mean, he, he wasn't anything. He wasn't anywhere near there. It wasn't like they were particularly effective. My point is, even Fox News, which is what I was watching, is trying to drive you crazy with the dopamine hit of, oh my gosh, what's going on? I got to see what, I find out more. Meanwhile, CNN and MSNBC, everybody's lying to you. So my point here is unplug America. The fake news media is killing us, all of us, literally killing us, literally driving us crazy. Not literally killing us, that's too much. Driving us crazy, literally driving us crazy figuratively killing many of us, driving people into despair, everything else. So unplug, especially like each night. I've decided I'm not watching anything. I'm not looking at social media after about seven o'clock in the evening. I'll come home, have dinner. I might check in on things one more time before it's, you know, 6.30 or 7. Then leave it. Unplug. It'd be good for you. All right. But what do you need to know today? I, I was thinking about this weekend. I mean, I, I'm getting ready. It's such a long period of time, especially with the holiday. I haven't been on the radio with you guys in, in four days. 
That's what I was thinking. Well, I could talk about China, the communist Chinese. Not only have they dominated Hong Kong, they've now got their big ships and planes out towards the South China Sea. And America's out there with our aircraft carriers. And it's just everybody's flexing their muscles. And I'm thinking, man, China's on the move. Article in the Wall Street Journal about how China's got the market cornered on PPE, protective uh, uh, equipment for uh, healthcare workers. I don't know what the PPE stands for, but... Um, but uh, protective something equipment. But they have the market cornered, just like I was reminded in the 1970s and 80s, the late Phyllis Schlafly, my boss, was writing columns about how the Chinese were getting the market cornered on drugs. Anyway, my point here is China's on the march, communist Chinese on the march all over the place. You know, meanwhile, as because of the Hong Kong national security law that China passed, if you can believe this, so, uh, there's a report now that law enforcement... When they asked WhatsApp, the Facebook-owned uh, um, uh, you know, texting app, app when, when law enforcement in America would ask for help from the, from the WhatsApp about things in Hong Kong, they would, be partici- they would participate. Because of the new rule, Facebook slash WhatsApp said they got to check. They're going to check with the Chinese communists. I mean, this is what I thought. Well, I could talk about China, but I don't want to talk about China. Because what I want to talk about is a few hours ago, Joe Biden said... He's going to beat Donald Trump and transform. We will transform America. What does transform America mean? If you watched all weekend long, you could see a glimpse of what transforming America could be. And don't think for a moment that if Biden wins, the people that are doing what they're doing, the glimpse into what they're doing, are going to say, oh, good, we won. We'll sit back. No, they're going to be in charge. They're going to be the people who are running America is the people over the weekend who are watching. We've got lawlessness in our cities. We got killings in our cities, kids dying, a, a child killed in Atlanta after the car was surrounded by, uh, by protesters and then shooting started. And guess what? The child is not a white child, African-American child. So as someone, one of the parents, another one in Washington, D.C., child killed 11-year-old by drive-by shooting. And one of the parents, or grandparents in this case, said about this, they said, you know, you, you said Black Lives Matter. They don't seem to matter to you. We're killing ourselves. We're killing each other. That's the lawlessness. Defund the police. You know, uh, tear down statutes. There's nothing rational. One of the Black Lives Matter leaders, a Black Lives Matter New York, one of the biggest chapters, he said, if we get everything we want without violence, okay. But if we don't get everything we want, we'll just use violence. We'll burn it down. He didn't say burn it down. I think he did say burn it down, actually. But the point here is, it's a terrorist movement. And here's the wrinkle. Here's what you need to know. And this is the message I got to tell you. It's time to stand up. 17 weeks from tomorrow is the election day. 119 days. It's not a long time. It's not a long time. Friend of mine is a DEA agent, retired, big tough guy, macho man, real strong character. His wife came home and said, I want to put a Trump sign in the yard. He said, I don't think we should do that. Because why would we want to risk somebody throwing a Molotov cocktail into our house? That's what he said. He knows law. He's law enforcement. He knows. We've got the, our, 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 our law enforcement is pulling back because the, the, the people in this country are not standing with them. The media is so against them. And here's what you need to know. We're at the point now. We got 119 days. If you want to see America transformed, then sit back and say, well, man, it's a tough thing. It's a pandemic. Once every hundred years, you get a pandemic and the economy stalled and people are mad. I mean, there's some people that are mad and it's in there. or you can step up and fight back. Or you can step up and say, look, here's the direction the country's got to go on. All lives matter. Black lives matter, of course. White lives matter, of course. All lives matter. Of course, they all matter. 
The question is whether you're using a terrorist organization, Black Lives Matter, to scare people, to terrify people, to destroy the country. That's what's happening. If you look, listen closely to the president's speech, which they, they called, they tore apart. They said it was too divisive or something like that. I don't know what they mean. All, what he was, all he was saying was America's greatness, who we are as a people, has this history, imperfect though it may be, but it's always grown forward. It's always gotten better. We've always strived to be better. And the Black Lives Matter people, all they want to say is you're bad, you're evil, the country's wrong, you're in the wrong. What, how does that solve anything? Give me an example. Systemic racism to fund the police. That's not a reasonable answer. That's an ending of our society answer. What you need to know is now's the time to stand up and say, if you have a real concern, bad cop will prosecute them. Not all cops, not defund cops, not belittle cops, not besmirch cops, not drive them crazy. In places like in New Jersey, the attorney general is publishing the names of cops who have had incidents, any problems, whether they're serious or not. They're going to put their names out there, making them targets. If you put a sign in your yard for Trump, are you going to get a Molotov cocktail? That's what a DEA agent, retired DEA agent, said. When I stood at that tent on Saturday, you know, this Republican tent near the farmer's market near where I live, Trump signs, local candidate signs. People would come up and they say, I'm just so glad to see you out here because we don't know what to do. People are afraid. It's terrorism. It's terror. Terror to say what you really believe. Fear to put out what you really hold dear. And the media of all sides, Fox News is in there too, just pounding away, making you feel nervous and worried and scared. And here's what we have to go back to. We have the greatest country in the history of living together. And we have got to fight to keep all the aspects of it that we have today that make all the flourishing possible. Get rid of the imperfections. I'll tell you the number one thing I've told you before. You want to talk about institutional poverty, institutional insulting, institutional degradation. I don't even believe in institutional racism. I think it's a lie and it's a taunt. But I know there's one institution that's been degrading society, happens to be mostly poor kids, happens to be lots of minority kids. That's our public schools in inner cities. Just devastating families. You want to change the world, literally, and change the nation. Tomorrow, announce that you're eliminating all public schools in the cities and every kid who lives in the city, his mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or, 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 or guardian gets a single piece of paper that says, go to any school you want anywhere. It's work as money, a voucher. That'll change the world. All right. That's what you need to know. We got to take a break. We come back. We've got some great interviews and a lot more. Ed Martin here on a pro America report. Be back in a moment. The pro America report with Ed Martin on the answer. San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. One of the great friends of mine over the last, I don't know, five or six or seven years is uh, up in Pennsylvania, Fran Bevan. Fran Bevan has been one of the leaders of our Eagle Forum effort in Pennsylvania, and she's just on the ground doing good things. Well, I don't know, a month or two ago, she said, hey, I want you to check out somebody I met a few years ago named Michael Anthony. And he's a, a speaker, influential, and very an, an author. And uh, so we got hooked up, and we now I'm really grateful. And, and maybe more important, as you know, I love books. He's got a book. It's out about 
about a year and a half. It's called A Call for Courage, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear. Could have been written like last week, so it's, uh, it's good timing in terms of having something out there. So first of all, welcome, Michael Anthony, to the program. How are you, sir? Ed, thanks for having me on. Hello to all the listeners. I'm doing really well. It's a privilege to be with you. Well, great to have you on. So let me ask you first, overarching. You know, you wrote this book a couple years ago, and I'm sure you took some time beforehand. And so, But now we're at this moment where we've got, um, you talk about uh, need for courage. You've got people who are nervous about illness and frailty and then you, on top of it you got people that are that are some people that are angry whatever their reasons are it doesn't matter why they're angry and they're and, and then a right. lot of americans are just sitting back kind of uh, holding back and and wondering what's your what do you think about this moment we're in i mean what, what's your what's your sense of it i think that we're in the midst of a perfect storm that's been brewing for many many years and uh, if a person reaps what they sow certainly a nation reaps what it sows and uh, that's what we're experiencing. I think that's exactly what we're experiencing is a nation that has rejected moral absolutes, whether they would be Christian absolutes, which we know are absolute as, as revealed in Scripture, or whether a nation had a, a, a set of absolutes and values that it adhered to. If it decided to drop back and punt and to reject all of them, there would then be a void where those values that it had embraced were replaced. And we are a nation that's trying to find its footing again, having rejected moral absolutes. This is what it looks like. Hmm. We're talking with Michael Anthony. By the way, one, the, website, the website I was going to put people to, Michael, maybe you'll tell me a different one, is couragematters.com. And, and his book is, I meant to uh, give you the title of his book, which is A Call for Courage. Uh, and also he's got a good, uh, very active, uh, energetic YouTube page, too. So I'll put all up, up on social media. But uh, let me ask you the question differently. A lot of people, I think, are frozen by fear. In other words, mm-hmm. it's not that they don't believe in something good. They just now are frozen by the uncertainty. You know, I have a friend of mine on the 4th of July. He's not even American. He's, a, he's Italian by birth, and, and actually he's an Italian citizen. He said he's never expected to see so much self-censorship as he sees in America. People are afraid to speak their truth. That feels right. different than the past. Yes, it is fundamentally different, and I think part of the reason is that we have confused comfort and safety for freedom. We have those two confused now, and they're fundamentally different. If a nation replaces the pursuit of freedom with the pursuit, as we have, of protection and of of comfort and convenience— then we will do everything that is possible, not to preserve freedom, but to preserve our comfort, our convenience. And this is why things like microaggressions, a popular you know PC buzzword right now, yeah. uh, microaggressions yeah. are such a big deal. We are scared to death of what? Of being hurt, of being emotionally mm-hmm. upset. And this is why we, we are incapable on a wide-scale basis of having healthy, civil dialogue that's that's a lost art these days isn't it Ed? It, it is it is and um and, and i had somebody tell me though about this they said i by the way i blame we're, we're talking with michael anthony i blame the media i really do blame the media for a lot of this both both sides i tell yeah. people fox news's business model is the same as cnn's which is make their set of people their tribe amped up so they'll come back after the break and they'll come back for more so i and social media is the same way it's done with science it's it's about uh, mm-hmm. it's about dopamine Absolutely. hits and and the reaction and all it's really addictive and sick stuff 
But again, I go back to the question, and this is maybe what this is what your you know your, whether it's uh, couragematters.com, your website, or the book, A Call for Courage. How do you break out of it? I told a story at the opening of the show about a friend of mine, tough guy, DEA agent, retired, and his wife came home and said, I'm going to put a yard sign up for Trump because she's a big pro-life person. That's her number one issue. And he said, don't, don't do it. I, we don't need to risk somebody throwing a Molotov cocktail through our front window. That's a DEA guy with a guy with a gun and a guy with a vest and, you know, tough guy. And so how do we train ourselves to be courageous when the easiest path is, you know, sit tight and say your prayers and be good to each other, but don't get out there because it seems it's too expensive. Well, I think that's an excellent question that many people are asking today. And I think the short answer is that it's not the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing is not to sit down and shut up. That is the most uh, expedient thing to do. But if you do what's easy, you guarantee that life's going to be hard. And that's what we are doing. We are taking the easier route today for the purpose of comfort and convenience and in the name of safety, in the name of not rocking the boat. And what that's going to do is it's going to end up, it's going to result in a shipwreck in regard to Judeo-Christian values in this country. That's what's happen. And so for those who are listening, I would encourage you to take a step back, do that check up from the neck up, right? Think deeply. Uh-huh. It's a lost art these days to think deep and ask yourself, if I don't stand up and speak out and do what is right now, what am I inviting and what am I sacrificing for my children and my children's children? What type of eventual hell could there be to pay? If I take the easy way now, we're at a time in our country where the easy way is guaranteeing the hard way. It's guaranteeing an enslavement on many levels, the likes of which we have never, ever seen in this country before. And I know that slavery appropriately right now, but I'm talking about a slavery that is characterized by the absence of the freedom of expression, the freedom of religious expression and the freedom that peaceable dialogue. That is what we are guaranteeing. Uh, we're, we're talking with uh, with Michael Anthony, and again, I'll put up on social media his book uh, and uh, a lot about his um, uh, his website and all. And um, le- so, let me ask you about this moment. I told some, I told folks, seventeen weeks from tomorrow is the election day, right? So, and 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 the problem is, sometimes we get ourselves trapped in uh politics we're going to wait on the next election we're going to and we should care i mean there's lots of things we can do to make clear what's at stake and why it matters by the way michael anthony's book is is called a call for courage living with power truth and love in an age of intolerance and fear so but that's not politics isn't it right that's not the whole thing so what you know what do you recommend folks do what other things that they can they do practically to kind of make their life better Well, one of the things I write about in A Call for Courage is 10 signs that you might be morphing into a Pharisee. There were 6,000-plus Pharisees in Jesus' day, not one of them except for the Apostle Paul, who was the 13th Apostle. Not one of them was chosen to be among the 12 Apostles, and that tells us something striking today. Today in the Church, in the body of Christ, many of us have mistaken education for application. If education, biblical knowledge, was the key to transformation— then our nation would have been experiencing multiple waves of spiritual awakening with all the Bible colleges and uh, churches that we have. It is We are a, a people as Christians where we do not know how to apply the truths that we know. And so the fundamental root issue 
in our nation is a spiritual issue. It is not a political issue. It is a spiritual issue. We who profess to be Christ followers are not doing a very good job of following the Jesus we want other people to follow. And so we quote Second Chronicles 7.14, famous passage. You can quote it. You know, what, you, know what, you know what it is. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, pray, right. and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. We always want to apply that verse as if it's for people out there. But that is a verse that mm-hmm. first and foremost applies to the nation of Israel and does have some, some correlation to God's people today. True change does not begin in the White House. It begins in God's house among God's people. And yeah. I'm not sure well, that we have really been listening as attentively to his voice as we should be as those who profess to be followers of Jesus because the change needs to be spiritual with us, needs to begin with us. Well said, well said, and thank you for coming on. Michael Anthony, the book is called A Call for Courage, among others, and I'll put up his website uh, also up on my social media account. Thank you, sir, for coming on. I'm, unfortunately, time goes so fast and we've run out of it, so I've oh, got to run to a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, our old friend, old reliable for me when I need to talk to somebody who understands uh, how the law works and how things fit together is Hans von Spakovsky. And Hans is uh, over at the Heritage Foundation, is a director of the uh, one of the, I think he's a fellow at the Mies Center there. And he's a former member of the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, and just a guy that knows both elections really well uh, and how it all works and then constitutional law. So welcome, Hans. How are you today? And I'm doing just great. Thanks for having me back. Well, and I wanted to ask you about this. You know, earlier today, uh, Joe Biden said, I think it was either he said it today or the tape was released or I don't know. He came out of his, his bunker to talk about it. But he said, you know, we'll beat, we'll beat the president. And I'll be president and I'll transform America. And I re- was reminded of what you uh, were talking about about two weeks ago. Now, one of the decisions that was uh, reached was the DACA ruling, which is um, the deferred right. action uh, of childhood arrivals. The Supreme Court decided five to four. But what uh, that and they upheld. They they upheld the objection to Donald Trump as president rescinding an executive order that Obama did. So Obama did it with his pen. Trump tried to roll it back. It wasn't allowed. And I thought, boy, you want to transform America, have your executive be able to make uh, make certain programs created with a stroke of the pen and then it can't be reversed. So walk us through why that decision is so important and where you think we are right now. Yeah, it was just a terrible decision, and it was one of these instances, once again, unfortunately, of the Chief Justice, John Roberts, joining with the four liberal justices. Uh, Folks, I'm sure remember, 2012, the Obama administration created what amounted to an administrative amnesty program um, for minors who had came here illegally uh, before the age of 16. Uh, there weren't any requirements that you actually be fluent in English or anything like that. Um, and in addition to basically promising that uh, no deportation or removal proceedings would be would be initiated against you, they did something also that they don't have any authority under immigration law to do. In fact, they're violating immigration law to do it. They said, we'll also give you access 
to government benefits hmm. like Social Security and will give you a work permit, none of which the president wow. has the ability to do. Um, right. When Trump came, when Trump came in, and, and this, these, uh, these benefits were extended to about 800,000 uh, aliens in the country illegally. Uh, when Trump came in, um, former Attorney General Jeff Sessions issued a, an illegal opinion saying, look, uh, this is an unlawful program. President doesn't have the authority to do it, and in fact, the courts had ruled that a second program that he tried to put in—one called the DAPA hmm. program—this one, this one applied to the parents of these minors—was um, unconstitutional, and and it was stopped. So hmm. the, the Trump administration comes in and says, "We're ending the program. We're going to wind it down. We're going to take six months." To wind it down, right. that way, if Congress actually wants to put it into law, they can't. Um, all these folks sued, saying, um, one, you can't do that, and two, even if you can do it, uh, you didn't give a sufficient or adequate explanation for ending the program. Therefore, what you did was arbitrary and capricious. Cassie Chris Roberts ri- writes this ridiculous <laughs> opinion with the four liberals, saying that, well, yeah, the president could end it, but... He didn't give a sufficient reason for ending the program. Um, the, the, to show you how dumb that is, uh, Justice Alito actually wrote a terrific dissent. It was a blistering dissent in which he said the president didn't need, need to give an explanation because the program was unlawful from the start. And you don't have to give an explanation for ending an unlawful program. Well, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. It happens. We're talking with Hans von Spakovsky from over to Heritage, uh, the Heritage Foundation and the Mies Center. Um, I, I mean, I, I, but it feels like the, the policy preference when it's to the to, to in favor of government programs and government, you know, kind of expansion, you, you get that benefit of the doubt. I mean, it feels to me like if you're the executive and this is what I think your your piece and when I'm referring to the, the uh, heritage experts, the DACA ruling a major mistake. And then this line will encourage more unlawful executive action. I mean, effectively, right. Obama made it up out of whole cloth. But he said, I'm the I'm the president. I can do this right at the very least. It would feel like the next president who had to run on the ballot and all could say, I'm the president. I don't want to do this. It's like it's like saying, you know, you, you, you could give the State of the Union by submitting it in writing. They used to do that until about 1920. But you could go and give it in person. Right. It, you don't have to. You're the president. What what's your feeling, though, going forward? I mean, in some ways, this president has been hemmed in by a Congress. The Republicans, when they were in charge, they were distrustful periodically of of Trump's instincts on some things but certainly with Pelosi they've they've had to negotiate to hold him back and to go to courts but you know i guess a republican or a conservative is not going to have the freedom to expand the executive power but Katie bar the doors if a democrat's in well i'm afraid that uh, i'm afraid you're right about that and um uh, you know the other thing that was said about this this decision and this was justice thomas he said you know what happened here, and Chief Justice Roberts is responsible for this, is he avoided making the legally correct decision, which would have been that, of course, right. President Trump could end the program, in order to avoid what would have been a politically controversial decision. So I'm afraid that right. Chief Justice allowed politics to drive his decision-making. And, you know, if if a future Democratic president does something that everybody 
the political orthodoxy thinks is the right thing to do, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, the courts, Chief Justice Roberts, won't pull him back like they should because it'll be legally controversial but politically correct to let him do what he wants. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's really... Um... It really is uh, amazing and an, another terrible decision. All right, Hans, because I can't resist asking you about elections, and I, every time I talk to you, I think about, after I'm off the air with you, I think about questions I wish I'd ask. But I got one that I want to ask you because, um, you know, we're headed towards it's 17 weeks from tomorrow is the election, 119 days. It's going to come fast. We're going to get to that period really quickly where you're close enough to the election, all the voter registration has to be firmed up and all. But the mail-in balloting, you know, not absentee ballots for our listeners, you know, absentee ballots are fine manageable program, but mail-in ballots. In California, mail everybody a ballot that's registered. Pennsylvania had it, uh, and there was massive problems. Here's a question I want to ask you, Hans, because I don't know the answer. You'll know this. If if we have the election on November 3rd, and it's chaos because of mail-in ballots, and it takes weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe months, to figure out who wins and it's close, isn't there an electoral college problem? I mean, don't we have to do the electoral yeah. college in December? <laughs> Yes, yeah. The Electoral College is supposed to meet in December at the state capitals and cast their votes for whichever candidate uh, won the majority popular vote in their respective states. And they're not going to be able to do that if they don't know who won the respective uh, popular vote in their states because they're still counting the absentee ballots. Yeah. So now, now that was the question I want to confirm because I thought I was right on that. But now let me ask you just broad. And I just have a, uh, a minute and a half or so left. So, but what 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 could the president do, or what could the federal election authority do with regard to mail in uh, the problem of mail in balloting? Is there anything? I know the Federal Election Commission. You were once a commissioner. It, it's limited in some ways, and the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, limited in jurisdiction. Is there anything that the federal government could do to say, hey, we're not going to let this turn into an absolute debacle? Uh, the answer to that is no. The Federal Election Commission has no authority over administration of elections, uh, neither does the EAC. The only way the federal government could get into it is if whatever procedures a state sets up somehow are racially discriminatory and therefore violate the hmm. Voting Rights Act. But but otherwise, no, nope, they don't. The, the federal authority doesn't have any power to do anything about mail-in ballots. Which is why it's a state-by-state state fight, right? I mean, that's why people yeah, are exactly. battling it in each state and, 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 and worried about it. All right, Hans, i got to run, unfortunately. Hans von Spakovsky is over to Heritage Foundation. Uh, he's one of the best uh, resources for us on so many issues. So thanks, Hans, for the time. Uh, we've got a, still a few more Supreme Court decisions, I think, this next few days. We'll see. But appreciate your time very much. Sure thing. Anytime. All right. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll come back after this break. It's Ed Martin. Don't forget, again, ProAmericaReport.com. Go there to sign up for the daily email and track all these great segments. Hans von Spakovsky, his segment. We put it up as a standalone. You can find it also in my Twitter feed, at Eagle Ed Martin. And uh, it's great to go back and listen to these uh, these interviews. They're so, so helpful. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. 
After three and a half years of President Trump, you would think the mainstream media would have gotten the hint that America is tired of the mainstream media's lies and hypocrisy. Yet it seems they've only doubled down on hate in light of COVID-19. During a press conference in the Rose Garden, CNN reporter Caitlin Collins grilled President Trump for not wearing a mask to that meeting. He rightly responded by pointing out that of the people on the platform with him, we've all been tested and we're quite a distance away and we're outdoors. Trump's reasons seemed good enough for me, but Collins wasn't satisfied. She made it her personal mission to keep track of who in the Trump administration wears a mask in public and who doesn't. Fast forward to another press conference with White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany later that same day. Despite the fact that this press conference was indoors in the tiny press briefing room, that same reporter, Caitlin Collins, was caught ripping her mask off moments after the briefing ended. She mistakenly thought the cameras weren't rolling anymore. You can't make this kind of hypocrisy up, can you? Clearly, CNN reporters like Collins think masks were made to bash the president, not to prevent the spread of sickness. There's a reason President Trump calls the fake news media the enemy of the people. Folks should feel free to wear masks if they want. But when reporters like Collins disingenuously raise hype about masks, it has a directly negative effect on the American people. Millions who rely on CNN for the facts are left thinking they're in grave danger if they don't wear a mask in public, even though the CNN reporters don't actually believe it. This fear-mongering prolongs the economic devastation of the virus, which means more small businesses going under and more jobs lost. President Trump is right. These radicals are the enemy of we the people. And they're not pro-America. They do not want to see our nation succeed. And they'll stop at nothing to stop President Trump, even if they have to drag the rest of the nation down with them. It's time for each and every American to reject fake news once and for all. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators whose slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's a good show. Thank you for tuning in, as always. I uh, appreciate it very much. Again, don't forget, please go over to uh, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and sign up for the daily wink, the daily email. You won't regret it. I promise. I always want to warn you. I, I, if you give me your email address, I don't lend it to anyone. I don't trade it. I don't sell it. I don't do any of that stuff. I send you the daily wink. I will send you some other things. Let me tell you a quick one. I haven't told anybody this. You'll be the first to know. I just confirmed this a little while ago. On September 20th, 21st, and 22nd, we are having the Eagle Council. The Eagle Council is an annual gathering of patriots who come together to get, get fortified and get fellowship. We come together. We're together. We're bonding. It's great fellowship. Then we get fortified. We teach ourselves what's going on in reality, what's happening. It's really good. It's a really good program. Eagle Council, go to phyllisschlafly.com, you can find out more. But we just found out a few hours ago, Sidney Powell, the great legal eagle, the great legal mind that has been the general of the fight to free General Flynn, she has accepted, agreed to accept an award. So on September 21st in 
the um, at the Eagle Council. She's going to get an award, and if you can believe it, the award is going to be given to her by General Flynn. I mean, how cool is that? He's going to introduce her and give her this award. It is unbelievably epic. So Eagle Council is a really cool thing. You're going to want to check that out, and I will get uh, more info for you on that, uh, and we will keep you in the loop on that. So let me, I'll make sure. I, we might even have a landing page directly for that. So looking forward to that. That was exciting news, so keep an eye out, and uh, we will uh, keep you in the loop. All right, let's finish up here, and a couple things. One is um, here's one that I wanted to talk to you about, the um, baseball. I want to give you an update on baseball. Now, you all may know I am a, yeah, there it is. It's Eagle Council, uh, dot, uh, excuse me, dot com. Eagle Council.com. You can find out all more about that. Eagle Council.com. It's at the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. It's going to be a blast. Eagle Council.com. All right. But I want to talk baseball for a minute because baseball is in peril. First of all, I'm off the NFL. I won't watch the NFL. I know a lot of our listeners in San Diego, you lost your Chargers up to L.A. I lost the Rams to L.A. I'm done. The St. Louis Rams, I'm done. They're going to change the name of the Washington Redskins. I wouldn't have rooted for the Redskins anyway, but I just can't stand it. I can't stand the politically correct NFL. I watch college football, but I love baseball. And so here's a couple things I want to say. One thing about baseball, which is really kind of a great uh, I'm not sure it's a tragedy yet, but the coronavirus thing wiped out minor league baseball this year. And it's kind of a key year for minor league baseball because they were trying to renegotiate with, uh, my, excuse me, they wiped out minor league baseball. I don't know if I misspoke. Minor league baseball season totally wiped out. And minor league baseball has been negotiating with um, the major leagues about how to have their structure because they've always been independently owned. Uh, different towns and others would have, and I love baseball. And I love uh, minor league baseball. It's just fun to see the young guys going up and some of the old timers trying to hang in. You know, if you've ever been to uh, the team I used to go to see quite a bit was the Pawtucket Red Sox. Now, I hate the Red Sox as a team, but my buddy was from Pawtucket and we were in school up in Massachusetts and we'd go down there, went to a few games at Pawtucket. I love that. I love Pawtucket Red Sox. I love some of the independent league teams down in Memphis, the Memphis Redbirds or the double A team for the Cardinals. Uh, Springfield, uh, Missouri has another team. So I love mine. Well, that whole thing is, is totally the season's out. All those players, and you don't make much money when you're playing minor league ball. So that's all out. And uh, so, but I want to draw one attention to this one story too. The Pawtucket Red Sox lost um, the, the Pawtucket Red Sox were the AAA affiliate of the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox. And the team announced they were moving their team to Worcester. So the Worcester Red Sox will now be the team. Pawtucket lost after, I don't know, decades, uh, the team. This was supposed to be the last season of the Pawtucket Red Sox, which is an old tradition. If you know Rhode Island, it's a very small state, obviously, and people love those kinds of things. And so McCoy Stadium, beautiful old uh, stadium, they're not even having the season because the season's canceled. And so the Pawtucket Red Sox, 50 years they've been there, and they have to do their farewell with no team. So it's a real bummer. In fact, the article in the New York Times was about how they were giving, uh, using the stadium for a restaurant and people were coming by because they were so moved. All right, here's another one. This is, I love this story. I love the movie Field of Dreams, one of my favorite movies. There was supposed to be a Field of Dreams game at the Field of Dreams site in Iowa. In Iowa, where they filmed Field of Dreams, there is a field, there is the old house, the old uh, farmhouse, Right next to the field, the major leagues was building like a 7,000-seat major league-size stadium because the field, the field at uh, Field of Dreams is, a, is just a plain field and the fence is the corn and all that, and it's not particularly high-end. Well, they're building, and they finished it. 
So they were supposed to have the Yankees play the White Sox in August. And so for because the season's been compressed down to 60 games, I don't know why this mattered, but they're changing the team. So it's the St. Louis Cardinals versus the Chicago uh, White Sox in early August in Iowa on the Field of Dreams site. It will be phenomenal. It'll be so cool to see. It'll be so much fun. And I have to tell you, I'm optimistic that of all the sports, because I'm not going to watch the NBA. Do you know the NBA players are negotiating to put phrases on the back of their jerseys instead of their names, like I can't breathe, Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, esteem first or something, all this stuff. I can't stand it. I can't stand I mean, I just don't, you don't, you need to either play basketball or not. So I'm not going to, I never was an NBA guy. I didn't care much about it. But baseball, baseball. I think it's where we're going to have, I think we'll recover as we get through this crazy time. We go into a, a wonderful time, which I'm optimistic about where we get the election goes right. Things are in the right direction. People settle down. Baseball. I'm telling you, baseball is coming back. All right. Thank you, as always, uh, for to our fearless, fearless uh, technical director, Randy, filling in for Noah. We wish Noah well. He'll be back very soon. Thank you to Joanna for helping book the show. And thank you for listening. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up for the Daily Wink, but also you'll find all these segments and interviews there. You can follow us uh, there and, and listen to any of the, the um, any of the show that you missed. Or go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com and get the whole show as a podcast. So thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back then.